What's up, y'all? How you doing? My name is Dre, and this is the Painted Lines Skull Edition. Now, let's get to talking about the Vikings and the third game of the 2021 season. This week, the Vikings are staying home and are being visited by the Seahawks. Now, the Vikings haven't beat the Seahawks since the 2009 season. That means they've never beaten Pete Carroll and they've never beaten Russell Wilson. Now, the Vikings want to avoid an 0-3 start. They're going to have to change that this Sunday. And while I do think it will be an uphill battle just like it was last week, I think the Vikings can pull it out with a W if they do these five things. Number one, the defense line keeps up the pressure. We had our hands full last week with the Arizona Cardinals in week two and this upcoming matchup with Seattle, we're going to have to deal with another fairly dangerous offense. Now, unlike their first two games this season, however, we will be dealing with the very loud crowd in US Bank Stadium, which can help make things really difficult for Wilson and the rest of the Seahawks offense. Now, Wilson is a little older than Murray. He's still no less dangerous. Last week, he was able to complete 22 out of 31 passes for 340 three yards and two touchdowns for a passer rating of 128.8. He also ran for three times for 16 yards. However, he was only sacked three times and so far this year his completion percentage is at a career high. Yeah, that percentage will probably go down a little bit, but the Vikings need to impact that and definitely make it go down. And that starts with giving him pressure. So far, he has been pressured 29.7% of the time, but he can also scramble for eight yards to carry. Because if the Vikings can get pressure on him, he'll be forced to pass the ball fast than he wants and that will make the DB have a relatively easier time matching up this week. So last week, Daniel Hunter was able to get three sacks by himself, but everyone has to be on that level to get Wilson this week. Going into week three, Seattle's offensive line is ranked 16, but Arizona's was ranked 20th. So the defensive line will have their work cut off for them. I have faith though. Daniel Hunter is strong. And he'll need to be that to make sure that the DBs definitely look better than they potentially could be. So number two, let's be honest here. The Vikings have played somewhat decently the past few weeks. Yes, it wasn't perfect, but there has been a lot of upside. However, one of the biggest downsides past two weeks has been Brashad Breland and the secondary. Though there were some highlights as I talked about in the last episode, such as P-squared holding arguably the best receiver in the league to zero catches in the final three quarters. And only one catch in the first, even though that was a touchdown the other three catches were not due to him, Pat P did an amazing job holding Hop down. Now the DBs as a whole needs to keep that going and unfortunately I think that starts with limiting Breland's playing time. I have nothing against the man, in fact I love his attitude. Even with this 0-2 start, he has maintained that the team still has potential makings of a contender. After last week's game, he tweeted, I love when adversity hits, it either makes you or it breaks you and if I know the squad how I think I do, breaking ain't a option us first world and it seems that he's becoming a leader in the locker room as he is the second most veteran cornerback behind Patrick Peterson however he still needs to clean up his game as the past two weeks he has really struggled last week he allowed catches on all four targets in his coverage including a 29 yard gain and a nine yard touchdown grab by AJ Green after week two he is currently the worst cornerback in the NFL with his PFF rank of 29.3 which is 102 out of 102 
cornerbacks graded. Now this did improve from week one from a grade of 26 and to a grade of 62.5, but he needs to do more. Now last week, Zimmer did bring in Cameron Dancer to make his 2021 debut and he played well, especially defecting that pass late in the game. Now last year, Dancer totaled 46 tackles, four pass defenses, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. He also snagged two interceptions, which is more than any other cornerback on Minnesota's roster. Now over the course of the 11 games where he played in and also the 10 that he started, he lined up with DJ Clark, Allen Robinson, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Mike Evans. So he can play well with the best of the receivers. And it's honestly surprising that he was a healthy scratch for the week one game and he kind of came in later in the week two game. But here we are. Either way though, no matter who plays, Wilson has a lot less weapons than Murray did. Wilson mostly throws to Lockett and Metcalf and frankly, they are very good receivers. Over the past two weeks, they both have had over 10 receptions a game with Lockett getting over 100 yards in each of them. Now, on the other side of the ball, number three is keep the offensive line strong. Last week, the offensive line stepped up. Following a game where the offensive line was responsible for 70 yards of penalty, the entire team did not incur a penalty until a little under eight minutes left in the third quarter. Now, this was great as the offensive line only allowed one sack and the defense only pressured Kirk 20.7% of the time. And for a defense that pressured the opposing quarterback 31% of the time with five sacks coming from Chandler Jones alone in the week prior, this was an amazing accomplishment. Now, our offensive line was ranked 30th last week and we held up. Seattle's defense was 16th and then went down to 24th. Going into this week, we moved up two spaces to 28th. And if we can keep the Seattle defense at bay, it can allow Kirk to do a lot of great things. And this goes into number four, which is Kirk keeps putting up numbers. And I will say it again, I have not been the biggest Kirk fan from the beginning. In fact, I am not 100% sure that I want him back after his current contract runs out. However, he has been doing very well this past two weeks and it's really hard to fault him. In the first week, he threw for 36 out of 49 passes for 351 yards and two touchdowns. And in the second game, he threw for 22 out of 32 passes for 244 yards and three touchdowns. And he does this by keeping passing the ball around to the top tier receivers. Almost out of nowhere, 2021, the Vikings have really potentially solved the third wide receiver riddle that really has confused them for the past few years. KJ Osborne has become this bonafide pass catcher and really playmaker, taking in a 64 yard pass from Kirk Cousins to get paydirt in last week's game. Now this was the second straight game that Osborne had made a big play for our offense. What's great is that the production of Adam Thielen and also Justin Jefferson has not gone down either. Thielen is still the touchdown guy in this offense and Jefferson is still doing well after his record setting rookie and should be rookie of the year campaign last year. And really all of the pass catchers are contributing and they'll have to continue to do so as really the Vikings have to rectify the zero and two start. We have these three receivers to help us win the game and all three of them are in the NFL's top 35 list for most receiving yards so far. So we got to keep that going. And number five is obviously very repetitive, but we got to get Cook going. Yes, he may be a slightly injured with his ankle and maybe we need to dial it back a bit, but we still need to keep giving him the ball. Even though he didn't make it to the end zone last week, he was still able to get a buck 31 on 22 carries with an average yard per carry at about six. And we do have to keep handing him the rock. And then last week shows why the Seahawks can't hold up if we keep handing it off. The Seahawks D was able to hold King Henry to 35 yards on 13 carries in the first half. But when the second half started, it was a whole different story. He ended up finishing with 180 yards, three touchdowns on 35 carries, plus six catches for an additional 55 yards. And they got the win. 
Cook is arguably our best player and in some ways or form could say is on an equal level or potentially better than Henry as well. But I'm not going to go into that here. Getting him running really pushes the opposing team to fill out the box. And then when they do, we can let Kirk do his thing. So now for the score prediction, which last week was kind of off, obviously. <laughs> it's not what I expected for that game. Honestly, I was very happy with how we played. If you can go back, listen to my reaction if you really care. But with this week, we're going to run another Madden 22 on Xbox Series X simulation. So it showed here a fairly, honestly, defensive game for the most part. We had one offensive score with Kirk and then the rest of it was pretty much defense. They got a few interceptions and a pick six and we held Seattle's to a field goal. Now, because I, honestly, I'm 0-2 for this, I'm just not gonna even switch it up because the first week I didn't switch it up and I lowered it and changed it. Last week, I just switched it up. That didn't work. So this week, we're just gonna stay with this score, all right? And this is gonna be the prediction. Come on, let's keep a little optimism. And frankly, I am more optimistic about going into this week than we were last week. We're at home. The past two weeks have gotten us the taste of victory, but not actually getting victory. Hopefully we can do all five things, get the W and get back to being. So let us know in the comment section your final score prediction and subscribe for more of the Painted Lines Skull Edition. You can also follow me on Twitter at Skull Edition and at the Painted Lines. And look out next week for the reaction to week three and also the preview for week four. But until then, Skull, let's go Vikings.